Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Amen. Thank you, musicians. We're going to get right into the word this morning. Amen. How many know that God's got a word for you this morning? How many came for a word this morning? I did. Amen. I came to get something from God this morning. And even though it's trying to escape me and get away from me. Amen. Get your Bibles open to the book of Proverbs. And I want to preach something that's been in my spirit this morning for several weeks. I kind of talked about this a little bit last weekend in the discipleship at the home church. But I was thinking how amazing it is, and pardon my cough drop this morning because I forgot to put it in at the beginning of the service, how amazing it is to realize what God can do in our lives. How many want God to do great things in your life? It's amazing what God can do when we just simply obey his word. That's something that's been in my spirit for several weeks. It's, I look at lives, and I look at people, and I look at fruit, and I look at uh, growth, and I look at different things, and I think it, it's just simple obedience. It's just simply learning what God's Word says and doing it. Tell the person next to you, just do it. Not like Nike, amen, but obey. Just obey. So I want to get into that this morning, and I want to, here's the title of the message, The Amazing promises of obedience how many like promises let me see your hand if you like promises how many like promises kept i knew i'd get a better response there amen when we think of promises and i want to talk about the promises of god this morning in our lives and what god wants to do with promises is we got to understand just like everything else in the kingdom of god that god is different than us in other words when we when we say how many like promises? Well, the first thing we think of is I've had a lot of promises given to me, and I haven't gotten them. But see, people don't come through on their promises, but God does. So we're not going to talk about people's promises. We're going to talk about God's promises. Amen? So Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to look at verse 1, and then we're going to look at verses 9 and 10. Wasn't that a great spirit of, pres- of worship this morning? Amen? I believe that you got touched. I believe that you got healed. I believe that God touched your mind, but more than any of that, I believe Jesus' name was lifted up. How many know that's the reason we come? To lift up the name of Jesus, to make sure he's, how many know we're here for him this morning? And just in case you forgot, we didn't come for Harvest Fest, we didn't come to see each other, we didn't come to show off our nice clothes, we didn't come to check the box, although all those things are good, we came to honor the guest of honor that is Jesus this morning. And it's to lift up his name and to make sure that he's exalted. That's why we said we exalt thee. Amen. So here's, here's, a, here's the word that says, my son, verse 1, don't forget my law. We know that the law for us is the entire Bible, 66 books, every word, every dotted I, every cross T. And it says, but let your heart, it doesn't say let your heart know my commandments, because lots of people know him, it says, let your heart do what? Keep. Keep is another word for obey. Let your, your, let your heart obey my commandments. In other words, learn what the Bible says, and then I'll teach you, and then you apply it to your lives. And then down in verse 9 and 10, <clears throat> I want to re- preach on this verse here. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions. How many have some possessions this morning? Let me see your hand if you have some possessions. That should be everybody. Amen. Uh, That means we have a vehicle we drove in. That means we have a place we live. That means we have clothes. I don't see anybody lacking clothes this morning. I don't know if anybody walked this morning. Amen. Everybody probably slept in a house last night, some kind of roof over your head. Amen. So we're blessed. And so we have possessions. And God says, I want you to honor me with your possessions with what you have. So whether we have what we think is a little or whether we have what we think is a lot, that's not what it says here. It says, honor the Lord with what you have, with your possessions, and with the first fruits of all of your increase. The Bible teaches us here that God wants the best. God doesn't want leftovers. I know some people like leftovers, and that's great, but there's nothing better than the fresh, hot, 
baked bread and the fresh hot meal, amen, than to get something warmed up. How many know bread is better fresh and hot than warmed up? How many know steak is better fresh and hot than warmed up? I know there's some things like pizza and some things like that that you can heat up and it, it would taste pretty good and some things maybe even better, but there's things that are good first and God doesn't want us to come in with our lives and give him the leftovers. He wants us to give us him, he wants us to give him his very best. And then here's the promise, and your vats. Now we don't have vats, I don't think, does anybody have a vat in here this morning? Not a bat, amen? Not a rat, a vat. That's for us today. Our bank account, that's for us today, places we keep our possessions. That can be your wallet, that can be your house, it can be whatever you want to put there. And it says, they'll overflow with new wine. They'll overflow. How many would like, I'm going to talk over here, who would like overflow? Anybody on overflow over here? How about over here? Does anybody want some overflow in their life? This side wants it a little bit more, Amen. Amen. Overflow. I want overflow. I can't speak for you, but I want overflow. And I want the blessings of God. I want God's blessings to pour out through my life. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this. Some of the promises of God come to pass. Did I read it wrong? Oh, all. How many? How many promises of God come to pass? God does not make a promise. I want to stay here for a minute. I don't want, I'm not talking about us human beings. We've had promises told to us that have been broken. All of us, every single one of us in our entire lives, from children to adults, things have been promised to us. Some things have happened somewhere. But God does not do promises without fulfilling them. Okay? But here's the key. God is a God of blessings and a God of promises, but God is also a God of ifs. And what that if is, is simply this, and I want to make it very simple this morning, simply obedience. When you obey God's word, and I'm going to give you proof this morning, when you obey the word of God, his promises are yes and amen. It says the promises of God in him are yes, in other words, he makes it, and in him, amen. Amen means so be it. To the glory of God, leave this up there just for a second, through us. How many know that God wants you to be blessed so he can get glorified? Now, don't think that, because if you've been here long enough, you know this, we're not a, a, a uh, let's make a deal church. We're not a prosperity gospel church. We're not a name it and claim it church. We're a read the Bible, believe it and obey it church. Amen. Can I get a better amen? amen? So there's principles there. Now, just like anything in the world, things get abused. These verses and verses about money and verses about blessings get abused. Just like anything in the world gets abused. It has a purpose and a plan that God made, but it gets abused. God doesn't want us to obey it. He wants us to understand that when we are blessed and when God is putting overflow in our lives and when we have more than enough, we are giving glory and honor to the Lord. It lifts up his name. Amen? Just to be honest with you, just think about this. If somebody's driving by and sees you in whatever condition you're in, and they see lack, and they see poverty, and they see um, really lack more than poverty, lack, a need, they see that you don't have even the, the means to survive or to live, do you think they're going to look at your life and say, man, I, I want to be like that. I want lack like that in my life. Amen? No. They're going to look, and I, but when they see someone who has blessings and has, has things, and I'm not talking about material things, I'm talking about the prosperity of God in their life, ab abundance and overflow, they go, man, that that's, looks like a Christian life there. How many are following me? So God wants us to be blessed so that we can glorify him. He can glorify himself through us. And so he is looking this morning, and if you haven't realized yet, this is a, a message on finances. Haven't preached one for many months. I try to preach one every three months, and it's probably about five right now because it's necessary. As you've noticed, we're not taking as long. Sometimes we're taking too short on the offering now. We've kind of gone the other way. But we're, we're taking less time on the offering because we want um, to get to the Word. 
But when we preach a message on finances like this, we take an entire message and we teach on it and preach on it so that we can be faithful with our finances. Amen? Again, how many want overflow in your life? How many want the promises of God in your life? God is just looking this morning for simple obedience. And he has some things in his word that make it very simple. And Proverbs 3 tells us at the beginning, don't forget my law, keep my commandments, honor me with your possessions. And then I've got promises, put that up one more time if you wouldn't mind. All of his promises are yes in him and amen in him and to the glory of God through us. Now, there are, thank you, you can put that down, there are over, this is, the, this is on the low side, because it can go up to 7,000, but there are over 3,000, somebody say 3,000, promises in the Bible. That's a lot. 3,000. There's 365 days in a year. That means that there's three promises in the Bible a day. Think about it that way. And in those promises of God, they all will come to pass if. If what? If I'm obedient. This says the amazing promises. And this morning, I want to talk to you as if, as if we're going to do the ifs. Okay? That's how I want to talk to us this morning. As if we're already doing the ifs, or if we're not already doing the ifs, we start doing the ifs. And if we're already doing the ifs, we do the ifs better. Okay? Amazing promises of obedience. This is just one area. But the interesting thing is we know very well is the area of finances and money. We talk about this a lot, and you've probably heard us say this, that a lot of times when somebody gets saved and born again, the last thing that gets saved is their wallet. And it's not something that we choose. It's just how we are because we're naturally selfish people. We're naturally people who want to control everything. I think about giving to the Lord and I think one of the most amazing things is that God is testing our ability to release. Our ability to let go of control. Our ability to, to make sure that we have our hand on everything. I don't want my hand on things. I want God's hand on things. How many would like this morning for God's hand to be all over your finances? Whether you have a little or a lot doesn't matter. But you want God to have his hand over your finances. I want God's hand to be on my finances, and I want God's hand to direct my finances and show me which way to go. And I'm going to give you some great scriptures. So one of the greatest areas is finances, and we serve a God who wants to bless us. He's a God of promises. Now, first Sam, we're not going to put this up today. You can read it later. But 1 Samuel 15, you can read that chapter for homework. Many know the story. God tells Saul, Go and kill everything, destroy everything, don't leave anything. And Saul goes and does almost everything. We can't have the amazing promises of God if we almost obey. Okay? We have to fully obey. And, and when it comes to finances, and we're going to make it really clear here in a second, I like to make it really clear what God expects of us in the, in the clarity of the word. And beyond that, then we have an opportunity to do whatever we want. But there's a thing that God requires of us. It's called tithe. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But what happens with money a lot of times, and I notice with people, and we're all guilty of this in some way or another, is we start to, first of all, whenever we start to think about money or hear about money, we automatically start to go someplace in our mind. And we know that there's a lot of, again, abuse when it happens to finances in churches as well. A lot of people that, like I said, name it and claim it, or, or if you give this, this will happen, and we're not that way. We're teaching you the promises of God through obedience, but I think a lot of people go, you know what, that sounds right, but I can't afford to do that, or here's what I'm going to do, and if it's less than what God is asking, you're disobeying. Now, if you say, man, that's not enough, I'm going to do more. You're in a really good place. Okay? I thank you for that one lonely amen. If you want to do more, that's a good place because that's a generous heart. But if you say, yeah, that tithe thing, you know, I don't know. I don't know about giving money to God or, or giving this amount of money. Then, then you're in that place where you're not going to have the promises of God because you're doing things your way. Okay? So 1 Samuel says, Saul goes and does it, kills most of the things, but he keeps back the things that he thought were important. 
including a king. And the story goes on to say that he goes, saw, Samuel goes to him. And here's the thing, church. God keeps good books. The verse I sent out this morning was called the book of remembrance. Everything we do is written in that book. And he keeps good books and he knows, how many know God knows what you make? Whether it's enough, too much, not enough, he knows what you make. And so he knows what your tithe is. He knows what your offering is. He knows what you give. And so you can't fool God. So once you get to the place where, man, I want these amazing promises in my life, but I'm going to realize that God knows everything, then I'm going to have an awesome attitude about this. I'm going to get to a place, and some people aren't there, but I'm going to get to, I want to get to a place this morning that I have a heart that is generous. Can I ask how many people would like to have a generous heart this morning? Maybe you have it or don't have it, but you'd like to have a generous heart. You would like to be a better giver, okay? You'd like to be more abundant and generous in your giving. So he says, Sam, Saul, you said you killed everything and you obeyed, but how come I can hear those sheep? Why do I hear sheep if everything's supposed to be dead? And sometimes I think God is saying to us, why have you left that back? Why haven't you tithed on that? Why haven't you been faithful with this? How come you have I believe he's saying to our spirits, I want to bless you. I want to give you abundance. I want overflow in your life, but you're holding things back. You're holding things back. And so he says, here's, here's what he says to, to Saul. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is is better than sacrifice. That's what God is looking for this morning. Simple obedience. Now, let's go to Malachi chapter 3. I always like to say this. We're going to read the clearest verses in the Bible, literally about tithing and giving our, our first fruits to the Lord. And I like to say this every time because there may be some people who have not heard me preach on, on finances and giving and tithing. I want you to understand that money is spiritual. Write that down. And I'm going to prove it to you in a second. I'm really going to prove it to you. I'm not just going to give you my words. I'm going to prove it to you. Money is spiritual. And a lot of people fail in this area, and it's called a spirit of mammon. When, you, when you're afraid of money or you have the wrong attitude about money, the Bible says you have a spirit of mammon. That means you don't look at money the right way. And God wants us to have a God perspective on money, Okay. How many could go without money this morning? Let me see your hand. Somebody could go without money. You're lying. You could not go without money. Everybody in here has to have money. Because you, you try, try telling your electric bill, I'm going without money this, this year. I'm doing a new thing. Try telling your rent. Try telling your mortgage. Do you know what? I'm taking the year off. Uh, I'm trying to be free. I've, I've stopped social media and I've stopped all those things. I'm also going to stop dealing with money. It's, it's got a hold on me, so I'm going to fast it. Right? How many know we can't do that? We have to have money. Money's part of our lives, and so we have to get the right attitude about it. So a lot of times when this gets brought up, it's interesting because, and I'm just going to break down all the little religious parts real quick, and, and like Laura would do with, with, a, with a, uh, scar tissue, I'm just going to break some scar tissue down spiritually. People say, well, that's the Old Testament. It's not in the New Testament, and that's erroneous. Because, and, and, and here's the other thing they'll say, and the, the tithing was, came, at, and it's part of the law, and we're not in the law anymore. Well, that's not true, because tithing happened in Genesis 14, way before the law was ever established. So tithing has been since Genesis 14, and it will be until we don't need money anymore, which is in heaven. And nowhere in the scriptures did Jesus ever say, stop tithing. Nowhere in the scriptures did the disciples ever say, stop tithing. Some people say, well, they say, give us your heart. and, no, no, no. and they, The reason is, is because, remember this, this is very important. When something is established in the Old Testament, and it is not dealt with and changed in the New Testament, that means it continues. If it is not dealt with and changed it continues, and tithing is one of those things. The reason it's not mentioned a lot in the New Testament is because it was a given. I mean, even Jesus, when he mentioned it very quickly, was talking about something else, and he goes, don't forget the tithe. He just threw that in there, and then he dealt with the situation. He didn't even give a lot of time to it, because that was an obvious thing. It's an obvious thing that I give my money to the Lord. Because if you think about it, church, how, the, the mentality a lot of people that have with money is, can you imagine going to a restaurant and eating and ordering a meal? I don't care if it's an In-N-Out hamburger 
or if it's a $30 meal, and you order that meal, and you have no expectations of paying for it. You have someone waiting on you. They're bringing your food. They've given you a service. They've given you food. They have fed you and taken your hunger away, and you have no expectations of paying that restaurant. Can you imagine that kind of attitude? Isn't that kind of strange? Some Christians have that attitude when it comes to money. They come to a church, they get fed, they receive the word of God, God fills them up, they receive a service, and they don't have any intentions of even giving to anything to the Lord. And if they do, maybe they tip, and they tip bad. Amen? How many are following me? We're not paying God, we're thanking God. And as we're going to see here in a second, God does not ask for very much, but he asks for obedience. So let's read this. Bring all the tithes. Now that same word all is tied to all the promises. God says, I've got all these promises. All my promises are yes and amen if all the tithes get brought in. We're talking about finances here. And he says, into the storehouse. The storehouse is not a ministry on the radio. The storehouse is not an orphanage in Africa. The storehouse is not any ministry. That's great that ministries exist. I used to really love the offerings of ministry, but I didn't take tithes in our ministry because tithes are for the church, the local church. Storehouse is the local church. And so if you are saved here or serve in this church or come to this church and receive in this church, your tithe doesn't go to another church that you think has a greater need. Because you're receiving here. Wherever you're receiving the word of God, that's your storehouse, and that's where you tithe, to your local church. Because think about it, if everybody went into the restaurant and ate the food and never paid, the restaurant wouldn't last very long. God established tithes because he knew that we have a heart issue with money. And he knew that if I don't put some kind of amount, some people are going to give more, but most people aren't. Are y'all still here? I'm going to hit you at your heart for a second. When you get the, uh, when you get the bill at a restaurant and you go to do the, the tip, how many know you're thinking, what's the minimum I can, just, just be honest in your heart, what's the minimum I can give? Or, or what's the number I have to, if they didn't put that thing there, and we've got some people in here, especially one of our new converts who is, ser serves people for a living, and they only get paid like $2 an hour. And the worst thing that happens in restaurants is Christians go in and leave a track that says Jesus loves them and tithe $2 on a $10, $15 tip. Don't, if you're not going to tithe at the restaurant and tip good, don't leave a Jesus card and don't leave a track. Because it's only going to make that person mad and confirm all their thoughts about Christians. Amen? So the storehouse is where I'm getting fed so the lights can stay on. How many times did you guys hear Pastor John say that over the years? I'm just so thankful that the lights are on so I can come to church and receive the word of God. I mean, that's where it starts. If We can do all kinds of stuff outside today. All kinds of churches are going on. But if we can't pay the bills of our local house here, then we're in trouble. We've got to keep the lights on. So the tithes come into the storehouse. And this is so cool. I love this. It says that there would be food. In other words, provision in my house. And he says, we've heard it before. But I'm going to preach you like you've never heard a message on it. He says, test me. Try me in this. In other words, he's, he's saying, I want to remind you, I've got all these promises, over 3,000 promises. But I need you to test me in this. In other words, I need you to trust me in this. I want you to try this, he says. And I want you to see what happens. And here's the blessing. Here's the promise. He says, what's that first word in, after the quotation mark? If. Okay, he says, if. Now, he could have said when. He could have said when. He could have spoke some faith over us and believed we'd do it, but he understands that some people don't. Do you understand that if there's an if, it's because people don't do it. If everybody did it, it would say when. Amen? So it says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you Here's the overflow. Such a blessing that there won't be enough room to receive it. But here's the problem. We don't really believe that. <clears throat> Some of you did. Some of you just got excited. But I don't think we really believe that. I don't think we really believe that God wants to give us so much that we won't even have room to receive it. I think we go, man, that just that sounds like a great sounding verse. That just sounds good. Man, that, yeah, let's get excited about that. 
But do we believe it? Let me talk to you over here. Do we believe it? Do we believe that God can give us so much we have no room to handle it? That we have to wake up in the morning and figure out how we can bless somebody because we got too much. We're not worrying about our bills. We're not worrying about what we need. We're not worried about what we have because we got so much that we're trying to figure out who has a need. Who can I bless? Who can I help? Who can I show the love of Jesus Christ to because I got too much? How many like to have that problem? You'll never get that problem if you don't do the simple part of paying your tithes. There's been a saying a million times, and you can go ahead and take that down for now. There's been a saying a million times that if I got a million dollars, that's everybody's attitude. If God gave me a million dollars, boy, I would tithe 20%. I'd give $200,000 on it. I'm so generous. I'm telling you what, I'd maybe 300000 Man, I might give half of it. And that same person that says that won't tithe off $10. Huh? We, we're, we can't get to that place God wants us to be if we don't do what he asks us to do where we're at. He asks us to simply be obedient in the things of God, in the finances of God, and he wants everyone to get to that place. Listen, I want to remind you this morning, maybe if you don't get anything else out of this message, get this. And God has been reminding me of this. We serve a supernatural God. When we're talking about this finance stuff, we're not talking about what the government can give us. We're not talking about what the job can give us. We're talking about God himself that the Bible tells us is a good father, a loving father who wants to bless his children, whose promises are yes and amen. And we just read in a verse that if I will be obedient with my tithes, he will give me more than I can even handle and open up the windows of heaven and pour blessings out on me. And I just am foolish enough to believe that he's a God who keeps his word. How many more foolish people do I have here in a good way? So we th- how many know we think about money? We save money. We spend money. Hopefully we tithe our money. And another thing we do is we stress about money. Can I get an amen? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I think all of us at some point, some days, sometimes stress over money. Now Deuteronomy 28, I want to read one verse here. And I want you to really think about this. This is, the, this is the God we serve, a God of blessings, a God of promises. It says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Let me make sure I didn't miss something here. I feel like I just missed something in my notes. My printer is still printing the wrong way. So I have to figure it out while I'm up here. I definitely feel like I missed something. But go ahead and go to Deuteronomy 28. Yes, I did. I skipped the whole page. All right. Someone's going to fix my printer for me. All right. Think about this. Let me, let me go backwards since I've skipped the whole page. I try to do my message in order so it flows. And um, I missed a part. Because this is important. Think about it this way. This is how important I want you to understand finances are. Even though we don't want to talk about it a lot of times. Don't talk about money. Don't do that. In the Bible, how many know faith is important? Okay. How many know, uh, let me think of another word, prayer is important. Okay, watch this. There's about 500 verses in the Bible that talk about faith. Okay. There's about 500 verses that talk about prayer. Guess how many verses there are that talk about money? Over almost 2,500. Did you, let me just say that again. 500 talk about faith. 500 talk about prayer. God must know something about us. He must know, and I see it on some of y'all's, some of y'all aren't even good at hiding it. I mean, at least fake it. Get a poker face or something. Amen. But I could possibly see where your life's at and where your blessings are at and see that that's the problem. I'm going to get to that in a second. Come on, tell me you love me. Your attitude about money is a, is a problem. And like I said, at least fake it. Fake it till you make it. Amen. But faith, 500, prayer, 500, money, 2350, 2,500 verses. Why, why, did, why did Jesus himself talk more about money in parables than hell and heaven itself? Why? Because he knows, I'm going to just read this straight from my notes, he knows that our attitude towards money is an indication of where our heart is with God. Amen? 
Come on, you know it's going to get straight with you in some point in this message. We're talking about blessings and promises, but you're not going to get the blessings and promises if you don't get the right attitude about money. Everybody needs it. Everybody wants it. So let's have a good attitude about it, right? The quicker you get a good attitude about it, the better it is. The quicker you realize, okay, God is a God who is supernatural, and the Bible tells me he owns everything in the world. The cattle, on, they said, a cat, remember the cattle on a thousand hills means they couldn't count past a thousand, remember? They didn't have a number past it. He owns all the cattle. We drove by a humongous bunch of cattle yesterday. That's not the person who owns that's just renting it from God. God owns those cattle. Amen? God owns everything. And so he has a way, and there's actually verses in the Bible. I want you to hear this, and I don't usually say this much, but this is something I believe is going to happen in these last days. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Amen. Laid up. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. But God is waiting for the righteous to believe his promises and to just simply obey what he says. So the, the start, the first step forward is today saying, if you don't already, you're maybe in a different place. If, I, if I'm not a faithful tither, I, this is the cool thing. I'm starting today. I'm going to start looking at what I make, and I'm going to start tithing today, and I'm going to start trusting God with my money because I don't want to have the wrong attitude towards money. I don't want my attitude. And again, you can fool me, you can fool your spouse, but you can't fool God. He knows if you've got a bad attitude towards money. So we will either follow after gold or we'll follow after God. We can't, the Bible says we can't. I could give you, matter of fact, there's 2,300 verses, so I had a lot to choose from. We, the Bible says that we, we cannot serve two masters. We can't love God and love money. The Bible says, remember that the love of money, not money itself, the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, so money is an important thing. Let me give you some, uh, some other things to think about. We're either going to turn in times of trouble... Now, and I'm also saying this, I want to say this to give you a testimony, remind you how much God blessed our, has blessed our church, especially during COVID. Maybe you're new and you haven't been coming for very long and you don't know that during COVID, that year of COVID when churches were shutting down, this isn't to boast, this is a boast on God. Because our people are faithful with their finances, because of messages like this that teach us the promises of God, during COVID, we had more income come in that year than any other year in the history of our church. Miracle money, miracle finances. And I'm just going to tell you this, that, that year doesn't compare to this year. God's blessings our church because he has faithful people. But if you're here and you're not in on that blessing, today this message is for you because God wants to get you in on the blessings. He wants you to start to taste of his promises. So when, when, when calamity comes, when COVID comes, we don't hold back. It's a crazy thing. When, when there's struggle, when there's lack, when the economy's horrible, when the interest rates are high, when everything's going south, when the gas is going north, instead of holding back, real believers that really understand the promises of God release more. Let that simmer for a second. We trust God more because I think Pastor Mario might have said this in the last month or so or somebody did. Uh, and I'm, I think it was him, but it, it talks about how the, the, econ the economy of God doesn't pertain to what's going on in the world. It's here. It's the, it's, the, it's the economy of God. It's bigger. It's not a time to hold back. It's a time to trust God more. So listen, when we, when we go to those problems, are we going to worship our wallet or are we going to worship God? See, we say it when we, when we do it, but sometimes we don't really catch it that that time of offering is a time of worship. Now I'm honoring the Lord with what he's given me, okay? Now, do we look to our wallet for our security, or do we look to God? Now, well, here's a quote I want you to write down. Money, this is important, money is to be a resource. Okay, write that down. Money is to be a resource. Money is not to be my source. Did you catch that? Money is to be a resource. Money is not to be my source. So my faith is not in my money. My faith is in God. 100%. We don't have to worry about what's going on in this world because we're not of this world. 
And the quicker you understand that, the greater blessings you're going to see in your life. We are above these situations. Let me give you a few stats. Okay, this is the page that I missed. This is interesting. And I don't think God wants us to be at this place. God wants us to get past this. And we've all been at these places. May be at this place, have been at this place, going to this place. But you know Forbes, I asked my wife, and she was actually really close to this. You know how many people in America live paycheck to paycheck? Seven to eight out of ten. Seventy-five to eighty percent of America lives paycheck to paycheck. That's a lot. Seven to eight out of ten people don't know what's going to happen. If they, if they, in other words, if they miss a paycheck, they're in debt. I know what that is. How many know what that is? And that's most of us. But this isn't a stat that has to pertain to the church because we have a God who's supernatural. I'm just giving you stats. And this is interesting right here. I thought this was really interesting. How many know people are making more money today than they've ever made? Like we see that in our kids, the salaries, the things that, that's great. But the problem is the millennials are making an average of over six, or six figures, over 100000 and they're still living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. Because they spend as much as they make. This is just stats from the internet. Four, and this is crazy, and that will make sense when you do the 7 or 8 out of 10. 40% or 4 out of 10 Americans, only 4, have enough money and savings to cover a $1,000 emergency. Only $1,000. They don't, don't have even $1,000. And listen, I can tell you I was there for a long time. Many years. Many years. Where you don't even have... If an emergency happened, your water heater out, went out, something happened, you don't have $1,000 extra. That's four out of ten people have enough. That means six out of ten don't. And nearly 75% of Americans are in debt. And 50% of those workers, listen to this, believe they'll always be in debt. Now that's okay for the world, but that's not okay for us. You may be in debt in here this morning, but you shouldn't believe you're always going to be in debt. You, you may be in debt this morning, but you need to start to realize what part of the kingdom of God you're a part of. You're not a part of the kingdom of God that struggles. You're a part of the kingdom of God who, who says that my people, listen to this, my people are blessed. Now, quickly, to run through this, Deuteronomy 28, I meant to read that a, a little while ago, but remember, I skipped the page. Just says, now it, come, it came to pass, it shall come to pass, if, there's the if, say if, you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully his commandments, tithing is a commandment, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. That's why our economy is, not, is greater than the world's economy. Do you believe that he can set you above all the nations of the earth? I do. Now, in that chapter for homework, please don't do it now. You will read in that chapter of 28. I talked to the guys about this on Friday. It's about 70 or 80 verses, 28. The first 14 are, if you obey blessing, if you obey blessing, if you obey blessing, if you obey blessing, 14 verses. But then he goes to the part, if you disobey. And this is where every single one of us personally, you can stay there with a sour face, you can be upset, you can be mad, you can say, I don't want to hear this, blah, 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 whatever, I don't like this, your attitudes, whatever, you can do that. But if you disobey, there's 60 verses of the problems that come on us when we disobey. It's like warning, 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 please, please, listen, 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 don't disobey those. And he just puts those 14 wonderful, beautiful verses. But here's the thing, he puts the, bl the blessings first. How many would like to just stay in the blessings and not get to the curses? He puts it out there like, this is what I want to do for you. This is how much I love you. This is what I want to do for you. I want you to be blessed. I want, I, want to, I want you to be above and not below. I want you to be the head and not the tail. I want you to lend and not borrow. I want you to be blessed coming in. I want you to be blessed going out. And he says all these things. And then he says, but if you decide you don't want to obey, then 50 verses. So look at the person next to you and say, just obey. Right? Just obey. Just do what he says. Write this down if you're taking notes. Obedience is an attitude. It's an attitude. Blessings follow obedience. Amen? Blessings follow obedience. Now as I close, 
You're here maybe and you're saying, I'm, I'm poor. I live paycheck to paycheck. This is, this is how it's always been. Stay with me. This is how my parents were. This is how my grandparents were. This is, this is just how it's going to be. Some people have what is called a poverty mentality. Once poor, always poor. I'm never going to get out of this. This is who I am. Again, I'm looking at my parents. They were poor. My grandparents, as far as I go back, as far as I can find, uh, they're poor. But I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you know what part of the family you're a part of? Did you know we serve a God that said, if my people who are called by my name, do you realize that you serve a God this morning that says that we are the, we are the lineage of the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? Am I talking to anybody in here this morning that understands that we're not part of our parents or our grandparents' family? We're part of the family of God. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 2, we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're his special people. Somebody's going to get this this morning. We are part of the family of God. You're not a part of your blood family that tells you you're cursed financially. God can break you out of that, and he wants to break you out of that, but you got to know who your God is this morning. And God will show you supernatural things. Later, I'm giving you lots of homework because there's too many verses. Here's an example, John 21. Read it later. John 21, Jesus goes to the disciples after. Now, some people are, are slow. My dad says they're slow, but they're worth waiting for. Amen. Some people are slow on this stuff. Listen, don't feel bad if you are. The disciples were slow. He resurrects, and they're back fishing. Instead of looking for him at the tomb, they're fishing again. And he goes, and you know the story. He goes there, and he says, hey, you guys got any food? God will say, hey, you got, you got, are you blessed? And we'll say, no, we just, we just have just enough to make it. And, and they said, no. And here, Jesus, watch this. Someone's going to catch this. Jesus says, cast that net on the other side. You know what that is? That's supernatural direction. The world might be doing this, and God says, do this. You may have been doing certain things your whole life a certain way financially, and God says, throw it on the other side. And these are fishermen who know how to fish. Jesus was not a fisherman. He was a carpenter. So he, he, they could have said, Jesus, you don't know how to fish. We never saw you catch a fish. But they said, at your word. They've been fishing all night. That's where the supernatural comes in. You can hear the voice of God. God could give you an invention. God could tell you to invest in something. God could tell you to do something. God could tell you to give more. God, whatever it is, he can begin to lead you, and you can cast that net on the other side. And how many know the story? There was so much fish that they couldn't. It broke the net. They didn't even know what to do with it. That was overflow, church, amen? Jesus told them to do something different, and they listened, and overflow came. Amen. Blessings follow obedience. Last verse, Isaiah 30. I know the musicians are on their way. Isaiah 30, verse 21. This is so good. Watch this. Your ears, this is so good, shall hear a word behind you. Why would God speak to us from behind? Because he wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. He wants us to say, go left, go right. Now listen, go left, go right is not tithe or not tithe. This is, this now if you didn't notice it, the last half of this sermon is that we're being obedient. I'm not talking to the disobedient anymore. I already told you about the 50 verses that pertain to you if you want to be disobedient. But if you're obedient, I'm talking now to people who are now saying, I'm going to be honor the Lord with my first fruits. And remember, first fruits is first. I'm going to throw this out. I know it was a revelation for some people. That means if I get paid Friday morning and I get a direct deposit, I don't wait till Sunday to pay my tithe. The first thing I do is pay my tithe. It's called first fruits. And I believe there's a special blessing on that. Immediately. So it doesn't touch anything else. You can immediately pay. That's what, and we're super blessed today more than ever to have text to give. Amen? So he says, there, there, th he says there's a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. I did that backwards. Whenever you turn to the right hand or to the left. 
You, and then he says this. This is going to sound a little weird, and I'll break it down. You will defile the covering of your images of silver and the ornament of your molded images of gold. You'll throw them away and leave that up for a second as an unclean thing, and you'll say, get away. That means stop doing things your way. Stop trusting in your way. There's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end leads to destruction. And, and you, you may be here faithfully tithing, for a while and you might say man god pastor i really haven't seen you know what you're talking about i haven't really seen you're probably more blessed than you think you are because there's a lot of things that go unseen like maybe if you weren't tithing your refrigerator would have broke down already your car would have broke down already your house might have gotten broke into do you ever think about the things that don't happen that could have happened Sometimes we focus too much on what does happen, and then there's a great thing about that too. When something happens that's not expected, God provides for that too. Because if you read later in those verses of Malachi, the Bible says that when you tithe and you're faithful with your tithe, he rebukes the devourer. He says, you get back. You're not touching their stuff. They're, they're in covenant with me. So even if your tire blows or your radiator goes out or your water heater goes out, he will supernaturally provide a way. I could write a book, could have wrote a book, of all the times God supernaturally provided. Too many to even remember. Supernatural provision. Amen? So he says, try me this. In that last verse of 22, or sorry, 24, it says that he'll give rain for your seed. Amen? Holy Spirit, we need you to speak to us this morning in this area you're the amazing God of amazing promises. And Lord, you're not trying to get our money from us. You don't need it. You own everything. You're trying to get our obedience. You're trying to get us to trust you. You're trying to get us to understand that, that money is one of the most evil things if it has our heart. That finances can ruin a marriage, ruin relationships, Lord God, money has ruined more relationships probably than anything in the world. The love of money has broken friendships, partnerships, marriages, destroyed churches, destroyed families, destroyed... How, how many people, Lord, today are fighting over an inheritance and don't talk to each other as siblings or, 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 or brothers and, or sisters or aunts and uncles or moms and dads because of money? It's killing people, Lord. Don't let us have a spirit of mammon in this place this morning. God, give us revelation. Let us understand that if we will just obey, we'll just start by paying that tithe, just being obedient. Because church, this morning as you're listening to my prayer, there's more. The real blessing doesn't come from tithing. That's obedience. The real blessing comes from what you give to the Lord out of your heart, out of your abundance out of what's yours but i want to i want to make sure we're all in the place of obedience first because you'll never do that if you're not obeying and i want to say this one more time i believe very clearly there's at least two or three people in this place that need to hear this today you can start fresh you've made mistakes you haven't been faithful there's been times you've done it and then you've stopped and you're never going to see the results from God if you have, because he knows your attitude. He knows how many times you're going to tithe before you stop. you got to make a decision today, just like your walk with God. I'm going to tithe and be faithful with my finances until the day I breathe my last breath. I'm going to trust you, Lord, because you said, if I test you in this, you'll pour out the windows of heaven on me. Lord, we bind the spirit of mammon this morning and declare blessings over these people and promises to come to pass in the area of finances. You said in your word that you want us to prosper as our soul prospers. This morning before we open up these altars and we pray a specific prayer over our finances, I believe God wants to do some miracles today. I believe God wants to erase debt today. I believe God wants to show his glory in your life. How many in this place today have not been saved and born again? You'll never be able to be a part of the economy of God because you're not in the kingdom of God. The first step is putting your faith in Jesus. 
saying, Jesus, I trust you as my Lord and Savior, that you were the first fruits of death. You died on that cross so I could have eternal life. How many would say, Pastor, that's me. Just lift up your hand and say, pray for me this morning. I'm not saved. All across this congregation, I don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior this morning. How many would say, I'm running from the Lord. I'm backslidden. I'm, my heart's cold this morning, and I need to come home to my first love. Just lift up your hand. Amen. Amen. If we're all saved in this place this morning, let's, let's say some prayers over our finances today. Let's stand. Let's come to this altar. If you, want to, if you want God to do something in your finances, come to this altar this morning. I believe there's an anointing on this word. I pray for you. If you, if you, if you want to stay back, that's fine with me. But I, I believe if you'll get up and come down to this altar, God will meet you here. I believe there's a blessing for you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're at. I want to say something as you're coming. I want you to look at me. Quick, just look at me for a second before we pray. I want you to know something. We, I don't look at the finances. We don't look at the money. We don't go and look and say who ties and who doesn't tie. Unless it's somebody in ministry. Because we expect our people in our ministry to tithe. If you don't tithe, you don't serve. Period. And, and I, want to, I want to say this this morning. If you're serving and you're not tithing, you better get that right. Not because of me, but because of God. I don't know of anybody. I'm just saying. If you're going to serve, you're saying I'm holding myself to a higher standard. Because we're not going to allow you to curse our church. If you want to be cursed on your own, that's fine. But if you serve, and I want the church to know that, we expect our people to tithe. But that's between you and God. But there's times when we... We go and have to check something to see, and we have to deal with something. Something happens, a situation, and we, we, we look then. But I, we don't look. We don't know who ties, who ties what, who gives what. That's between you and God. But I'm telling you, this is an area that's very, very important. And so we don't know where you're at today. But if you're here and you haven't been faithful in your ties, make a decision today. God is a faithful God. He'll forget yesterday. It's over. We can't unscramble scrambled eggs one of my favorite sayings they're scrambled you've been unfaithful in it you haven't been doing the right thing God says listen son I want the best for you I want to pour out my blessings on you I want to give you increase I want you to have more than enough I want you to be able to give to other people I want you to be able to have an offering and just say how much do we want to give not we don't have enough to give to be able to give out of your increase God wants to do that for you this morning, but you've got to make the decision, and that's between you and the Lord. Amen? I can't stress enough how, how spiritual money is. It's so spiritual. It ruins people. It, if you think about the one person who didn't make it of Jesus' disciples, what was his problem? Money. Money. That was it. The one person who didn't make it. All the rest had problems, but they repented. They were restored. Peter denied him. They didn't have, you know, all the, but Jesus rebuked Judas because of his love of money. And he died a horrible death. We don't know where his heart was when he killed himself. He did give that money back, but he had a heart issue with money. So I want to pray today that if that's you, just say, Lord, today, starting next paycheck, I'm going to start being faithful because it's a spiritual thing. And I want to pray over all of us. To break the spirit of mammon, I want to pray for blessings. I want to pray for, 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 how many know we've heard lots and lots of testimonies in this church? I mean, lots of financial testimonies, raises and houses being bought. And it's, it, that's, it's not about that, but that's what gives God glory. Is when people hear that and then someone says, man, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. Amen? Father, I pray a spiritual blessing this morning. Financial blessing over these people. You know where they're at this morning, God. Lord, you know that this morning that I'm not standing up here not doing what I'm asking them to do, Father, through the word. I'm faithful to my tithes. I believe in it. I know that it's, it's life-changing for me. I know that I don't want money to rule my life, Lord. I don't want, want mammon to be a spirit in my life. And I thank you that you've allowed that to be broken over my life. And I want it to be broken over all these people, Lord, especially our serve team. 
Lord God, let them understand how serious finances are. I'm not trying to scare them, Lord. I'm trying to get them to understand that we can't lie to you. We can't, we can't put on a facade with you. You want to bless us. You want to pour out your glory on us. You want to give us what your word says is more than enough. And the promises are yes and amen this morning. But we need to step into agreement with you. We need to step into obedience with you. Simple obedience brings forth amazing blessings. Devil, I bind you right now. I bind you spirit of mammon. I bind you love of money. I bind you uh, stinginess and selfishness. I bind every lie of the devil that causes someone to think a vain thing that's not of you, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray right now, not only for the people individually, but God, I pray for our church finances. I pray for the direction of where you want us to go as a church this morning. Lord, we're in a place of limbo. We don't know what our next step is. We don't know if it's here. We don't know if it's somewhere else. We don't know if you have a piece of land for us somewhere or a building somewhere for us. But God, we know that you want to bring more people into this church to be saved. We know that you want to do greater things in planting churches in this church. We know, God, that there's a lot of money that we need to do what you've called us to do. And we just loose the blessings of God on this house. And we pray, Lord, that this year will be the greatest year we've ever had. And as we go into the next year, Father, it's going to be the greatest year we've ever had financially. Lord, I just pray for things to be loosed right now. I just pray for, for jobs and increase and promotions and businesses. Lord, there's some businesses being started right now. There's some ideas that are happening. Lord, there's people in our church that have rental homes. There's people in our church who have their own businesses. I pray multiplication over those businesses. I pray increase over them. And I rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus through your word. And I declare, Lord God, that we are the head and not the tail. That we are the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That we will lend and not borrow. Right now as you're praying and right before we sing a song to end, if you have debt in here today, we're going to bind that spirit of debt right now. We're going to command that debt to be destroyed. We're going to command that debt to decrease. We're going to command that debt to be canceled out. But you got to understand, don't say the prayer if you're not in obedience. If you got to be in obedience to say that kind of a prayer. Lord, for those that are in obedience to your word this morning, we cancel debt in Jesus' name. Loans from school, debts of houses, car debt, Lord, credit card debt. Father, whatever debt there is in this place today, you see our hearts and we make a financial de declaration that you are the God of our money today. You're the Lord of our provision, Father. And Lord, we're going to be faithful. And Lord, you said in those prior scriptures, will a man rob God? And you said in what? And you said tithes and offerings. Lord, we're not going to rob you. We're going to bless you and we're going to give abundantly father uh, you may be calling some people in this place today to tithe 20 30 40 percent lord that's between you and them causing their faith to increase because lord you're speaking to their hearts you spoke things to me my wife and i are doing things god that you spoke to us and we're declaring the blessing declaring the glory father so we can be greater givers lord jesus lord i pray a special blessing over those right now that as they're here all they're doing is saying, God, I want to give more. I want to be a greater blessing. You see their hearts, and I pray a loosed blessing on them. I pray finances over them. I pray miracle, supernatural, put the, put the net on the other side of the boat, money, Father, in the name of Jesus. Coins coming out of fish's mouths. In Jesus' name, Father. We thank you. Now, as we sing whatever song they have, I want you just to begin. I don't want you to pray anymore. I just want you to thank him. I want you to have a heart of thanksgiving. As we sing this song, just thank him that he's a God that's faithful today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, he's Lord of my money. As we tell him he's Lord today, he's Lord of my money. He is Lord. Oh, thank you, God, that you died for us. You died for our sins. You died so we could have provision from the dead, and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every knee.
shall bow every tongue tongue confess that Jesus Christ is as we sing it again I want you to make it personal for your my Lord for your my Lord is he Lord of your money today is he Lord of your finances you're my Lord you have risen you have risen from the dead and you are Lord and my knee shall bow and my tongue confess and my knee shall bow and my tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to do one more thing this morning. There's been some recent businesses started, or if you have a business, your own business, I want you to come right here. There's room right here. I know there's some people who started their own business, have their own business. I want you to come. Come with your spouse, too, if, if, you, if they're here. Just come with them to agree in finances. It's very important that we are in agreement in our finances. Very important that you make the decisions together. Amen. Look at all these businesses. There's a lot of money right here. And God has, whenever you start a business, it's a big step of faith to step out. To step out on faith and, and is, uh, you can go down if you want. Oh, you're with your husband. Um, it's a big step of faith. And I like, I like it because it, it's not that everybody's going to pastor. But when you have your own business and you started your own business, it's a great step forward to starting a church because it's a lot of principles of stepping out and, and, and trusting that there's going to be a solid ground when you take the step and, and then self-motivation. You have to be self-motivated to have your own business, you know, because you have to depend on that business to sustain. And I know some of you as well, I know some of your situations, some of you are in transition where you want to be totally in that business. And some of you are working, but you want that to be totally sustainable. And I know some of you want that your business to be to a place where you're able to do more for the kingdom of God. And not, not that you're lazy. That you're obviously not lazy, but you want to have a more, op, more time and you want to have more freedom for the things of God. God sees those desires. He sees them all. And I believe that this doesn't take away from jobs because we need to thank God for some people make more money in their job than they do self-employed. But there, there's a special blessing on that business because there's, a, a, this, there's no ceiling to a business. When you have your own business, that literally, I mean, in a job, you can only get up to so far. You can become the president of the place, and that's as high as you can go. But with a business, God can do no ceiling, right? So I want you to have faith for no ceiling, and I want you to believe for God to give you wisdom. You know, the Bible says that we can, we can eagerly desire the gifts. And one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is wisdom. Another one is discernment. And another one is knowledge. And so in your business, you have to ask the Lord to give you wisdom and knowledge and discernment to, to make those decisions. Amen? How many have faith? You know, we pray for miracles, find, for, for healing and and breakthrough and deliverance. How many have faith for your, for your business right now? Is your faith high that God can take this and just explode it and, 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 and begin to show you his, his favor? Amen? But again, you gotta, this is kind of like, Lord, if you give me a million, I'll, but you got you to gotta be faithful with the, the first $5. Rockefeller, I love to quote Rockefeller. Rockefeller said, I never would have been able to tithe off my first million if I wouldn't have tithed off my first dollar. And Rockefeller was, I mean, there's, if you go back and look at our history of our country, there's so many business people that were faithful with their finances, that were godly, 
I mean, Rockefeller, believe it or not, you've heard that name. He was a faithful tither. And you look back at like J.C. Penney. Is that 100 years old? J.C. Penney's like 100 years old. That dude's been dead forever. And that company's still blessed somehow because he was a faithful tither. Faithful. Colgate. It's Colgate, right? Colgate, that company, he's been gone forever, is still blessed today. He got to a place before he died. He was tithing 90% of his income and living off of 10. I believe that God is wanting to see some of you make a step. So you don't just pray right now. And I'm not telling you what to do. I just believe, I feel that some, God wants some of you to make a step where you're going to start giving more. And you're going to say, Lord, I'm doing this as a, as a step of faith for you to increase my business. You don't wait for the increase. You do it by faith. And you step out and you watch that God will never let you down. Now, if you're here and you're not in the business, God can do great things in your job, too. This isn't just leaving you out. He can promote you. If you've been trying to get a promotion, if you've been trying to get to a higher place in your job, God is the God of promotion, not us. Amen? Just lift your hands. Father, I pray a supernatural prayer over these businesses right now. I feel in my spirit, Lord, that you're doing something in the faith of these people. Because, Lord, our walk is by faith. The just shall live by faith. As I'm praying for you, I want you to listen to this from the Lord. We cannot lose the power of supernatural faith. We can do our job. We can make our business. We can make the plans. We can do it with excellence. But never lose the understanding that God is the God of increase. And God is the God. God can, when, when the world can jump 10%, God can jump 100%. I feel that right there. When the world can do a 10% increase, God can increase 100. The Bible says 30, 60, 100 fold blessing. And Father, we rebuke the enemy right now that is trying to hinder these self-employed people and these businesses and, and are putting a roof over their finances. I pray that that be loosed right now. I pray for supernatural provision. I bind the spirit of mammon, and by faith with them today, I loose the favor of God over their lives for their finances for more, more, more. But not just so we can say we got money sitting in the bank, Lord, but so we can use it for the kingdom of God, so we can plant churches, so we can buy a church, so we can build a church, so we can send money to missions, whatever you ask us to do. The money is yours, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's praise the Lord. Just give him a big hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many have faith for that? Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.